The metrics that I would say you ought to know are going to be total visitor trends, okay? Basically, this is going to be the total number of visitors to your website, traffic sources, all right? And that can be found in the traffic acquisition report in Google Analytics. But this report is going to tell you where your traffic is coming from, all right? This is a report we probably check at least once a month. Can you guess where most of our traffic comes from? Is it search? Yeah, I mean, you should know because we check this, okay? (laughs) You're listening to The Brands That Book Show, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want practical tips and strategies for building engaging brands, crafting high converting websites, and creating reliable lead generation systems for their businesses. I'm your host, Davey Jones, co-founder of two agencies, a brand and website design agency, Davey and Krista, and the digital advertising agency, Till Agency. And I ask questions so you can find answers. All right. So what are the most important website metrics to track? It's a good question that we were recently asked. So I thought I'd write a blog post about it. I wasn't able to fit all of my thoughts into the blog post though. So Krista thought it'd also be a good idea to chat through it on the podcast. So here we are. We chat about the metrics that we think every business should track, and then we take a more granular look at service-based businesses and e-commerce businesses and the metrics that they should be specifically concerned about. Topics like website metrics can feel overwhelming, but I really do think they are important. And if you're not sure where to start, that's okay. Just start somewhere. You don't need to be a statistician. And when I started distilling my thoughts for this topic, I realized that there really are just a few critical metrics that I like to know about. So if you have any questions after we go through this episode, be sure to check out the corresponding blog post. It has a lot of the content in it that we discuss in this podcast episode. And you know, you can always send your questions our way. If you are looking for a new brand or website this winter, then be sure to check out our semi-custom brands or our line of stunning, easy to customize, show it in WordPress website designs. You can find all of those over at our shop at davianchrista.com forward slash shop and send us a note if you're looking for a more done for you option and we'll send you information about our custom brand and website design process. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davianchrista.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. Now on to the episode. All right, we're continuing our theme for this month, which is website design. Not so much a theme, but you know, the content pillar that we're focused on is website design. Yes. And next week is Halloween. Yeah. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah. You know, I feel like Halloween was never huge for us growing up. I mean, we went out trick or treating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our son, Jack loves Halloween. His, one of his favorite things to do is to go look at the Halloween aisle at Lowe's and then ask us if we can buy all of the things. He doesn't really like understand though, that like the huge, I don't know, like mummy thing that moves that he really wants is like $300. And we're like, no, Jack, we can't buy that, especially because we don't have any trick-or-treaters out in the country where we live. Yeah, we have to go into town to do trick-or-treating. But our town, even though it's small, they go all out and it's a lot of fun. I think that normally we do like three different trick-or-treating events on the same day, which is a lot. Yeah, no, it is a lot of fun how all out the town seems to go for it. You know, like there's downtown trick-or-treating, then there's trick-or-treating in the neighborhoods. There's typically, you know, friends will sometimes host some sort of get together or we'll kind of gather at a house before going out with the kids. It's a lot of fun. One of the colleges, the students hand out candy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over at VMI, you go through barracks and they hand out candy and that's always fun. The freshmen, they call them rats mm-hmm. uh, over at VMI are usually dressed up in 
ridiculous things because I think the upperclassmen upper dressed them up. Yeah, dressed them up. So looking forward to that. <laughs> Speaking of something sort of scary like Halloween, want to talk about website metrics. Mm, I like your transition. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I didn't even have it planned. No. <laughs> but today, I want to talk about website metrics because I think it's one of those things that really not a lot of people track. Maybe a lot of people look at their metrics when something's not going quite right. I think it can feel overwhelming. I would not consider myself a numbers guy, you know, relatively at least, mm -hmm. you know, like one of my good friends, Ryan. You know, he can put together a spreadsheet based on, you know, anything, anything right? Anything you want to know. Like we had a Settlers of Catan tournament and he had like a spreadsheet, I, even like with the auto calculations in it for this Catan tournament. So it's so nerdy. Yeah. I mean, if you want a dashboard, Ryan is your guy <laughs> to go see. So, you know, I don't feel like I'm at near that level, but I do think it's important to track your numbers. And I want to talk about, you know, maybe what you should be tracking in your business. And I'm going to approach it from, you know, a few different types of businesses as well, because I don't think all businesses care about necessarily the exact same thing. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And I want to talk about some, you know, other numbers and whether they're worth tracking, such as social media followers and stuff like that. And when you're talking about website metrics, are you talking about the ones that you'd receive from something like Google Analytics? Yeah, for sure. But not just Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Google Search Console, very underrated source of information for a lot of people. I think Google Analytics can feel really overwhelming for people, especially if they haven't been in there before, especially GA4. I think it's, it's just new to everybody. Right. But, you know, and I haven't really warmed up to GA4, to be honest. Like, I didn't really see what the big issue was with legacy version of Google Analytics. But anyways, Google Search Console, I think, is a very underrated source of information. If you want to know how your website is doing in search, all right, on Google Search, then Google Search Console is the place to go for that information. And is Google Search Console like Google Analytics where you have to drop in a bit of code into your website in order for it to do the, do the tracking? Or do you just put in the website URL and then it gives you the details? Yeah. So it's the latter. Like it's, you don't have to set up tracking like you do for Google analytics, mm -hmm. but you have to verify ownership of your domain. So there's process you go through in Google search console to verify that ownership. And once that's done, it will start collecting data for you. And we have YouTube videos on both of those, I believe, right? Yeah. I think we have YouTube videos that anybody can access to set those up. And then of mm -hmm. course, our SEO courses, we have one for show it and one for WordPress. If you get into our SEO course, then we have tutorials on, you know, how to understand that information. And for Google Search Console in particular, I use that as a source of keyword research information. Yeah. So planning content. But Google Search Console and Google Analytics, there's other places too that you can go for metrics that might be relevant to you. For instance, if you run a shop, your shop might be on WooCommerce, it might be on Shopify, it might be on Etsy, but any of those platforms are probably going to provide metrics for you mm -hmm. that are going to be relevant. I know that for our WooCommerce shop, we added a few free WooCommerce tracking plugins as well to give us more metrics than the standard default WooCommerce gives you, right? Yeah. One of the ones that we're about to test out is called Metric, but it's kind of spelled a little bit different. It's M-E-T-O-R-I-K. Oh, that is weird. Metric. Mm -hmm. You want to say like meteric or something like that. But if you watch a YouTube video of theirs, they say metric. So that's one that I want to check out. And that's not going to necessarily like you're not adding like a tracking code or anything like that. Basically, mm -hmm. that's going to take the information that WooCommerce, it's for WooCommerce or Shopify. So it's going to take the information from WooCommerce or Shopify, and then it's going to pull that into its own dashboard. And the reason that we're going to do that is because 
it's just hard to customize the WooCommerce reports. It is. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit slow when you're actually in WooCommerce trying to access that information. So by pulling it out into its own dashboard, I'm hoping that we're going to have just a little bit more flexibility and visibility into our numbers. And the cool thing about metric, and again, I'm not necessarily recommending it yet because we haven't experimented with it enough, but you know, in a future episode, I'll drop our opinions in it. It's not that expensive relative to what certain like tracking tools are out there. Because so. we use Optin Monster right now, correct? And No, so we use Monster Insights. I knew it was a monster something. Yeah, yeah. We use Monster Insights and that's for Google Analytics. Again, that it makes it easier to set up tracking, especially for e-commerce. So if you are an e-commerce business, start taking notes. As always, this information will be in the show notes. There's a corresponding blog post too that has a lot of this information in it. But basically, we use Monster Insights to help us set up Google Analytics. And Monster Insights, something like that's probably not necessary if you're not doing e-commerce. I'd say it's not as necessary, but it really does. Something like Monster Insights really makes, I think, Google Analytics less overwhelming. It's easier to set up tracking, the different tracking, whether it's form tracking or button tracking, you know, whatever. It's easier to set that up using Monster Insights than it is just like straight in Google Analytics. Well, you know, I guess where should we start? So what kind of metrics people should be tracking? I think that's a great place to start. Like I said, it depends a little bit on what kind of business that you're running, but I'm going to start broad, all right, with metrics that really everybody should be tracking. And then I'm going to get more specific. We'll talk about the metrics that a service-based business might care about, and then a metrics that an e-commerce business might care about. So I'm going to call these aggregate website metrics. And what I mean is that these are big picture website metrics that have to do with your entire website. And This is the kind of thing that you can find in Google Analytics and Google Search Console. And again, to make Google Analytics a little bit easier, you might look into a plugin like Monster Insights, all right? So the metrics that I would say you ought to know are gonna be total visitor trends, okay? Basically, this is going to be the total number of visitors to your website, traffic sources, all right? And that can be found in the traffic acquisition report, in Google Analytics, but this report is gonna tell you where your traffic is coming from, all right? This is a report we probably check at least once a month. Can you guess where most of our traffic comes from? Is it search? Yeah, I mean, you should know because we check this, okay? (laughs) And I I mean, in our marketing meetings, I bring it up. It kind of felt like a trick question. Okay, yeah, but anyways. I know it's not Instagram. it It is Google Search Console, all right? It is not a social media channel, no. Social media does make up a large chunk of our traffic. But I think Pinterest is bigger than anything else. Yeah, Pinterest sends us more traffic, I think, than anything else. Facebook actually still sends us a bunch of traffic too. That number is skewed a little bit too because we run ads. But anyways, traffic source is important because it's important to know where your traffic is coming from. And then in Google Search Console, again, there's a lot in Google Search Console. But the one tab that everybody should get familiar with is performance, all right? And that's going to give you an idea of how you're doing in search. Basically, what I look at is total impressions and clicks. Can you explain what those are? Yeah, basically an impression. So your site gets an impression whenever it shows up for a search. All right. And somebody at least, you know, I guess views it. You know, I don't know if they actually have to like see it, but it shows up for a search. Okay. Whereas a click you get when somebody actually clicks on your result. Okay. Now, the reason that on just a big picture view, I look at total impressions and clicks. And of course, I dig down to, you know, specific pages as well. But I want to see just on a 
you know, usually monthly trend that things are trending in the right direction, right? Like any significant dip in impressions, I would want to investigate, you know, why all of a sudden is my website not showing up for as many searches, right? One of the things that you can track in there, so there's four checkboxes that you can click on to track. One is average search position. And one of the reasons that I don't spend a lot of time looking at average search position there is because it can be a misleading metric to track. Yeah. So are you tracking like if somebody searches Annapolis wedding photographer or is and the average position for an individual search or is it like the average position for all searches? Yeah, it's the average position for all searches that I'm talking about right now. It would make more sense. Like if I'm digging down on a specific keyword, then I will toggle on average position because I want to see trends in the average position. But on an aggregate level, I'm not. And the reason that I'm not doing that is because, again, you want your average position to be as low as possible, mm -hmm. right? So we're thinking like, if you're in position one to 10, that's the first page-ish, right? Now, let's say every month you're creating new content like we do, and we're ranking for new keywords. Well, when you first start ranking for a keyword, it's gonna bring your average position across all your positions down. Does uh -huh. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or up? rather, you know, it's going to make it higher. So for instance, like, you know, we just published a post on website metrics, right? So now if we start ranking for website metric related searches, we're probably not going to start out on page one. Okay. So now those lower ranks average in negatively to our existing average rank. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, cool. Won't spend any more time on that. Anyways, big picture, I want to check total impressions and clicks. And if I see any spikes in impressions too, I want to investigate that as well. Mm -hmm. So I do take a more granular look at Google Search Console. I get a little bit more into that in the SEO course. I think it's just a treasure trove of information in Google Search Console, especially in the performance tab there. So get acquainted with it. So those are the metrics that I'm tracking there. Total visitors, where that traffic is coming from, total impressions and clicks, you know, those numbers hopefully increasing over time and then recognizing sudden drops can help you head off any sort of issues. You know, maybe a page isn't working, maybe, you know, some sort of traffic source you were relying on previously, like maybe something went wrong there, you know, a link is broken, I don't know. But it can help you investigate those things and head off any potential issues. One of the things I want to mention just real quick before we move on is for Google Search Console and Google Analytics, it feels overwhelming, but there's very little you can do in there to really break things, right? Like you can accidentally click a button and then it will filter the data weird, but you can always reset your filters. So don't be scared to go in there and click around a little bit, all right? I'm not saying you can't break anything, that, that is possible, <laughs> but for the most part, you can click around pretty safely. And would you say that all businesses are kind of looking at those few things that you mentioned, or do you think that service-based businesses should be looking at anything else? Should e-commerce be looking at anything else? Yeah, no, for sure. This is where we're going to get a little bit more specific here. I'm going to get to service-based businesses and e-commerce businesses. I think these are metrics that any business should be tracking. And along those lines, one of the things that we pay attention to is our top five to 10 landing page metrics. All right. And again, we're looking at a lot of the same things that we just discussed on those top five to 10 pages. But one of the reasons that I want to know what our top landing pages are is because I want to know what content out there is really resonating with people. And by right? landing page, it could be a blog post or any page on your site, correct? Yeah, a landing page could technically be any kind of page on your website. Determining what your, you know, quote unquote, top landing pages are, you could have different criteria for determining what those are. Typically, we use traffic 
you know, the ones that are getting the most traffic. So especially when it comes to our blog content, we'll always take a look at, okay, how did that blog content perform this past month and compare it to other blog content? And that tips us off as to, oh, wow, this topic, people are really interested in that, you know, and lets us know we should create more content around that topic. So we want to know what the most popular pages on our website are. And really, I guess that's pretty much it when it comes to our top five to 10 landing pages. So we just kind of have a running list and it helps us, our marketing team, come up with our content calendar. You can find those metrics in Google Analytics reports under engagement, and then you'll see a tab that says landing pages, and that will give you an idea of how many people are visiting that page, how long they spend on that page, so on and so forth. Are like pages like home and about normally in that top list or is it normally content? No, pages like home and about, even services, stuff like that, you're going to have some. And I almost, I don't count those to a certain extent. Like really what I'm interested in is what is our most popular content, you know? Uh-huh. It's not that I don't want people to visit our homepage. Of course, I want people to visit our homepage. But for the purposes of tracking these metrics, what I'm trying to keep in mind is what's the content that's resonating with people? And that's a simple thing to do. We do that like once a month. So I just have a list. I keep it in To-Do, which is our To-Do software we use. T-E-U-X. D-E-U-X, all right? We've been using it forever. We have posts about it on our website, yada, yada. Anyways, I just keep a list in there. So it's a really casual thing that I keep track of. Do you want to dive into some of the specifics that service-based businesses should be looking out for? Yeah, sure. So let's jump to service-based businesses. What you're typically concerned with are the number of leads that you're getting, right? And so the metrics that I would be tracking are your total visitors, how many people are visiting your website, Then lead form submissions, all right, the number of people who call or submit the lead form, all right? So they either call your business because they went to your website and maybe you run like a doctor's office or something like that where people Mm -hmm. typically call to make appointments. They're not like sending a contact form or they submit the contact form. And basically what I want to know is like the conversion rate there, like how many people visit my website versus how many people submit a lead form. And so to get that number, all you do is divide your lead form submissions by the total visitors. Mm -hmm. And that would give you your conversion rate. And so again, this gives you a good baseline for understanding, okay, if my conversion rate is 2% or something like that, then if all things remain equal, if I get double the amount of people to my website, hopefully I'll get then double the amount of inquiries. You know, it also, you know, you could get more specific with it. And, you know, especially if you had a contact form at the bottom of every page, you could understand what pages seem to drive the most conversions as well. So those are the things that I would typically be interested in. But yeah, you know, for like lead generation, there's a number of different ways that you can figure this out. Like I said, Google Analytics is one of them. If you use Monster Insights, they have a form tracking like add-on, right, that you can use. So you can get like reports just based on the forms on your website. That's awesome. Yeah. Phone calls, of course, for service-based businesses, a little bit more difficult to track. We typically recommend that whoever you have answering your phones always ask the question, how did you hear about us, right? Because we want to know that information. And again, you know, while this isn't necessarily a website metric per se, on our contact form, we always ask people, how did you hear about us? Like we want to know that information. Because we want to know that our marketing dollars are working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we jump to shop and sales page? Yeah. So All right. what yeah. are some things that shops or e-commerces or people with like a course should be looking at? 
Yeah, for sure. So again, I would say just your conversion rate, which is the number of conversions divided by the total amount of visitors to a given page. You know, if you can calculate the total amount of unique visitors, I think that's what you would want to do. And you can do that in Google Analytics and most tracking software. But, you know, I think on an aggregate level, that's just kind of like what you, you want to have a general sense for how well your shop or your sales page is converting. All right. Now, there are some more specific shop sales metrics that you're going to want to keep track of as well. And honestly, you know, some of these are things that really any business should be keeping track of. I'd say that it's a little more important probably for e-commerce businesses, which is why I list them under e-commerce businesses. I also want to say this, and something I probably should have said at the outset of the episode, which is like, all this can be really overwhelming. So the key is coming up with a system and just tracking it as much as you can and understanding like your limits. Like if you're a solopreneur, you might not be able to keep keep your pulse on these metrics as well as, you know, somebody who has a team and you can delegate some of these things, right? So this kind of stuff that we track has evolved in our own business as well. I'd say that one of the most important things we did early on is we always had some sort of spreadsheet we used to track inquiries and how inquiries were finding us. So we could see like, when do we get the most inquiries throughout the year? When do inquiries sort of dip off? If there was a decrease in inquiries compared to the same time last year or increase, you know, so on and so forth. And if you're using a contact form from a client management system, some of those might have the analytics built in, right? Yeah, for sure. So for shop sales metrics, before I jump into these, what metrics to track? Well, revenue, total amount of money your shop produces, profit, which is your revenue minus your expenses, that's your profit. But here are the ones that I really want to discuss. Average cart value, all right? So the average value of a customer's purchase, okay? So this is especially helpful if not so much for like courses where, well, I mean, for courses too, because you might have upsells and stuff, but I'm thinking like, I just bought shirts on cuts, right? And it's like, my guess is they have a very good understanding of how, what the average value of a cart is. So how many shirts, how many pants, whatever I add to my order. And they have little built-in ways to try to increase that, right? Like there's a little progress bar. And so if I hit, I forget what the number was, but let's say it's $200, you get free shipping, you know? Does it make sense to spend $200 if you weren't otherwise Uh to get free shipping? No, but does that progress bar work? My guess is it does, you know? So how can you increase the amount that people buy from you? Cost to acquire a customer. This is called a a business's CAC. So the amount of money spent to acquire a customer. Now we're getting a little more granular here, but like because we run ads, we need to know what this number is. What it costs us to acquire a customer needs to be less than what we make on that customer, right? And so this is really an important number to understand in making your business profitable, especially if you're getting started with digital ads, all right? And understanding like, you know, if you're a service-based business and you have a high ticket item, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's wedding photography, whatever it is, like if you have to spend $500 on ads to book a $10,000 plus client, that probably makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to spend $500 to acquire a template customer if our templates are only Mm $4.99, you know? So all of these are relative to the business. And then the customer lifetime value, that's the average amount of money that a customer spends with a business over their, and I put quote unquote, lifetime, all right? And these are important benchmarks to understand because there are really only three or four ways to increase revenue, okay? You can 
increase the amount of customers that you can sell to. You can increase the cart value of each order. You can increase the amount of times somebody comes back and purchases from you, which is increasing the lifetime value of the customer, or you can raise your prices, right? So really understanding like these numbers will help you understand like what levers you ought to be pulling. You know, if your average cart value is already really high, then maybe the best way to increase your bottom line is to go out and figure out how can you expand your top of funnel marketing? How can you get more people in the door, right? So all important metrics to track. Now, you might've listened to this episode because I think we're about done here. I do want to mention some of these secondary metrics, but you know, you might've listened to this episode and been like, oh, that seems like a lot. (laughs) Well, a few things. One, it's okay to take this one step at a time, okay? So if you're tracking nothing, try, you know, go through the blog post that corresponds with this episode and try to figure out how you can start tracking one thing. Well, and I will say that a lot of the software that you mentioned earlier in the episode will track this stuff for you. Like I think that some of the stuff that we use on our site to track e-commerce automatically calculates the average cart and the LTV for customers, doesn't it? Yes, Yes, it does. And that's a good point too. You don't have to, like I was including some of the formulas to figure this stuff out, which aren't, you know, it's not rocket science, like trying to figure out your profit, right? Mm -hmm. However, a lot of this kind of stuff is tracked for you in your shop setup. Same thing if you're selling courses, you could probably see like in Thrivecart, we can see how many people have viewed a, a checkout page versus how many people actually purchase, you know, so on and so forth. So it's important, but a lot of this is done for you. It's just kind of realizing what to track and what not to track. Is social media important to track? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I would say yes-ish, you know? Like, I think it's important to pay attention to those numbers, but they're very much secondary to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think if I'm trying to increase a single number that will increase our bottom line, that's not tied directly to our cart or whatever, it's going to be our email list, right? I'm gonna try to get more people on our email list. Now, one of the things that we started doing as a business, which I think I'm really excited about, is we have decided that every quarter we're going to have a platform focus. So in Q4 here, our first focus is going to be on Pinterest. And we're going to take three months of Q4. And what we're going to do is try to learn as much about Pinterest as we can. Mm -hmm. And I'd say we already know a pretty good amount about Pinterest. But the goal is to learn that much more and optimize our efforts there. So for three months, we're totally focused on Pinterest just to see where things go. You know, and I think that's a very manageable way to approach it instead of trying to figure that out for all your platforms at once, right? And so, you know, we took some time to look at our current Pinterest analytics, set some goals for ourselves, And then from there, it's just a matter of, you know, being okay, testing and trialing some stuff and figuring out what works. Right. And then in Q1, we're going to pick a different platform to focus on. That doesn't mean we're not posting to these other platforms or checking in on, you know, for instance, our account insights in Instagram or whatever. But I care a lot less about those things than I do about like tracking leads Mm -hmm. and some of these other reports that I just discussed. The other thing that I just don't care about, I know some people are going to get really (laughs) angry, but like bounce rate, Mm -hmm. you know, bounce rate to me, average duration spent on a page, all of those are secondary to the metrics that I just talked about. Mm -hmm. Again, not suggesting that they're not important, but I just don't think they're that important at just like, you know, oh, I need to know this on a daily basis, or I even need to know this on a monthly basis. If I have a page on my website that I want to be converting, that's not converting, 
I'll probably check those things just as part of my kind of investigation into those things, but I'm really just not going to spend a lot of time on them. Right. And I certainly don't have any automated reports or dashboards where I'm like <laughs> checking out the bounce rate on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, Ryan might. No, not doubt <laughs> it. I mean, I think, I mean, he could build the dashboard that uh -huh. does that for sure. But like, I think that probably some of these other metrics that I just discussed right. are the ones that Ryan, I think probably say are important too. Mm -hmm. Although I should have him on the podcast to discuss some of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So one of the things that you might be asking is, well, where should I start if my website is not converting? Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked about that a little bit in some of the other episodes from this month, but you should start maybe by taking our website conversion assessment. It's a free quiz, gives you a detailed report on, you know, how you can improve your website. And you can learn more about that in the show notes of this episode. As always, if you have any questions, send them over to us. Your questions make for the best podcast episodes. Yeah. And we always appreciate getting them. Thanks for joining us. Thank y'all. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this episode with others. For show notes and other resources, head on over to davianchrista.com.